Raven, it's that time of year. Let's get some predictions wrong. Welcome to another edition of the Making Fun Podcast. My name is Casey Johnson, and alongside me, as always, is my lifelong friend, my favorite homeowner at mm. Ravy Baby TV, Raven Stadmiller. Hello. So, how's yeah. it going? I own a house. Wild. Uh, construction has begun. Uh, we have prepared packing. I hate packing mm. so much so much uh it's the worst it's the it's honestly packing is the worst part of moving and i will die on this hill uh i don't mind the actual like picking things up and moving them somewhere else that's okay bro especially if you've got a cart yeah (laughs) like it's whatever like if i exactly but the actual act of having to acquire boxes for a temporary use no or it just sucks. It really is the worst. And then having to pack it, make sure it dies. You know how many amiibo I have, and I have to make sure I pack all of those things carefully, or else they're gonna break. Yeah. Like, I put all of my games into one tote, and I'm like, oh god, hopefully we don't lose this one. Electronics, the the graphics cards got to be taken special care of. It, yeah. No, there's there's so much that goes into the actual preparing to move. Once I actually move the things and then start unpacking, like I could unpack over the course of a couple of days. Yeah. And we're packing over the course of a couple of weeks, right? Like it takes it takes three weeks to properly pack, and it takes two days to unpack. It takes it's two. Just how it goes. Ah. Uh, no, but how are you doing, man? You know, I'm good. I it's it's I have two straight weekends here, this past weekend and then this this coming weekend that I don't have any shows. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's been nice to kind of breathe, but at the same time, there wasn't much breathing last weekend because there was the existential dread before Black Friday and then the three day recovery after Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I, I we we and, and I I've said on the show I I think you would about know this number by now. A really really heavy day for us at Disc Replay Columbus is like three thousand dollars in sales, something like that. Yeah. Thirteen. Good lord. Yeah. But it you know come come comes with the territory. Um. But yeah, I mean, been playing some games, not a ton, but I, I've, mm-hmm. I've I've been I've been playing some. Have you been playing any? I've been playing a couple. I uh, been been going through SMT five some more. Um, I, I kind of mentioned it a little bit last episode, but I do want to reiterate. I'm in this really weird spot of games where, like, usually. Up until this point in my life, whenever I got a new game, I devoured it, right? I would sit down and I'd play as much of it as every possibility that I could. But now I'm just kind of taking my time, which I really Mm. appreciate in all the games that I'm playing. Yeah. Uh, So I've been playing through SMT5 a little bit. Uh, They actually got me interested in the plot, and so I've been playing through that. Um, But playing it is like I actually have to think about it. Uh, So it's not a game I can play for a long time. That's why I haven't been doing it. Yeah. Uh, been playing a little bit of Pokemon here and there because the new one's out. Still haven't beaten it, surprisingly, because it's a game I don't have to think about, and that's boring. Uh, 
so I can't have the best of both worlds. Uh, so I'm kind of playing both of them on and off, you know, for an hour or two every day, yeah. uh, like tonight. And then I'm also uh, going to be playing some more Digimon Cyber Sleuth, uh, the Digimon RPG that came out on PS4. I bought the complete edition on the Switch because I love playing games on my Switch. And also, I didn't have the complete edition. It was on sale. For, um, I got it on Monday for like 10 bucks yeah. for two games I've already put like 180 hours into. I felt like was a good price. Uh, just for the portability factor alone, right? Uh, there's also a lot of DLC that I get access to now that either A, wasn't released in the States beforehand, or B, was locked behind um, pre-order bonuses and stuff. So mm. being able to play with all that stuff is going to be really fun. Um, outside of that, I haven't been playing a lot. I spent an hour yesterday downloading games. <laughs> um, yep. I, since I'm moving to a house without it, easy internet access, I was like, well, I should probably just get everything I want just downloaded now. Hmm. Uh, so I downloaded, I went from having 4.9 terabytes free on my game hard drive to 3.7. So I downloaded one and a half terabytes of games yesterday. Nice. Um, just in preparation. And I'm probably still going to do more, right? I still have. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not moving out for another, as of recording, we're not moving out for another two weeks. So I still have plenty of time to figure out more games that I want. And like, there's games on this list, you know, we've already talked about it. I'm going to end up buying more games that are on this list after we talk about them. There's one in particular I've had my eye on for a while and I just haven't pulled the trigger on. Um, yeah. So what games have you been playing? I, I will say before I get to what games I've been playing, I've got an interesting anecdote about one of the games that we mentioned. Uh, nope. Or one of the games that you mentioned, rather. So, my my buddy Zach, you know, okay. you 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 bless his heart. You look up homosexual in the dictionary; it's a picture of him. Love him to death, right? Um, he not too long ago got a PlayStation Five. Very and, nice. Congratulations. Um, yeah, it actually worked out that I bought it but he paid me back like two days later it was one of those things where we got it on tuesday we got um we got paid on thursday he didn't have the five i did you know make it happen mm -hmm. for two days then they'll me whatever and yeah. you want to know what the first and at the time only game that he bought for that system was digimon mm -hmm. cyber <laughs> hell Yes. <laughs> he Shout outs to him. He could have walked out with Spider-Man. He could have walked out with Horizon, God of War. No. Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Let me get Sleuth. this Game Digimon Cyber Sleuth. You know, as I was preparing to talk about the episode today, I was like, I really only, like yesterday, the only game I played, I played for like, I played 20 minutes of the original Cyber Sleuth last night yeah. on my Switch. And I was like, wow, this really takes me back that I'm playing Cyber Sleuth again while I'm on the show because people don't know whenever we during um the beta period for the making fun podcast i was in preparation of making a review of why i really like cyber sleuth um and so that was really the last time i played the original mm. was at that point i played it a little bit afterwards but this is going to be the first time i'm really diving deep into it again yeah uh so yeah just uh just fun. because to me that game will always mean one thing now yeah, and that is, oh, that's the game that Zach got instead of in like three of the greatest games ever made. It's just Digimon Cyber Sleuth, which I respect. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. 
So I, I've had an interesting gaming experience because I'm weirdly in between several games as well. Um, so I have completed most of Horizon Zero Dawn, um, with Nia. I actually think, I mean, it literally is just the final mission now. It's the final battle. And Mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to like watch her experience the way that the story falls out and what the Zero Dawn project is and why it failed and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being able to watch her, as she said, no less than 15 times. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Because you get to that one place under the sun ring where it's going to be like, okay, this is what Project Zero Dawn was. It's not this. It's this. Mm-hmm. And it's the last thing that you expect it to be. God, that's a good game, and I can't wait to complete it probably tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Horizon, I've done most of what there is to do. I've completed, for the most part, Forza Horizon 5. And when I say that, I mean I've completed it, or I will have completed it, by my qualifications of what completes it. Right. Am I going to own every car? <laughs> no. Yeah. Am am I going to, you know, do all of the accolades and stuff? No. I'm treating this like an open world Ubisoft game. Literally, once I've complete once I've won all of the races, that's all I need to do in this game. Mm-hmm. But I've been in an interesting place because Forza Horizon 5 is one of the most impressive games I've ever played. But, you know, it's kind of like when I throw myself into a sports game or whatever where, Mm -hmm. man, I I love it so much and I can only stand so much of it. (laughs) And... After a while, it's like, I want to give this a break and do something else for a few days. So Mm -hmm. I kind of loaded into Far Cry 6, and for whatever reason, I was like, no, I'll get back to this. Probably because I'm doing this huge open world game with Nia, so it's like, oh, cool, let's go check more boxes. Now I need something different. Um, And so... I was like, hmm, what's in my backlog? And I went to the one game, Raven, that has been stuck in hard drive hell, downloaded but never played, on my PlayStation 5 for nearly a year now. And I booted up Sackboy's Big Adventure. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Yeah. It, okay, so I, I've i got a theory, and I don't want to make anybody angry by saying this. I've got a theory that most 3D platformers are really not 
that exciting. Yeah. And it, it's kind of just a 3D platformer. And I would argue that the only people who do it excellently are Nintendo A&E. Mm-hmm. Because it's really good. Like, it's really good. But he's not wearing a little hat with an M on it. <laughs> I like, I just kind of don't care. I'm playing it. I'm enjoying it. It's uh, the visuals are fantastic. There's lots of zippers. A lot of zippers. That was a big deal for Zach. A lot of zippers. Mm-hmm. But it just, uh, I play it and I'm like, okay, cool. So mm-hmm. I'm interested in seeing kind of where Nia wants to go next after this because I'm probably going to try for something that is going to scratch my itch. And speaking of my itch, I've been wanting to play a Spider-Man game. So I... And I know that none of them are connected to one another at all, but for some reason I want to play them in order. Um, So I busted out Ultimate Spider-Man for PS2. Man, that that game's okay. That was a fun thirty minutes. I yeah, I don't know. Weird, right? Because it's like we're just in a we're just in a part right now where next year is looking to be really really good, and so everything we have right now is really really passable. Yeah, um, really just markedly. Okay. And you know? you know, there are there are a lot of games this year that have blown me away. And honestly, what what I might end up doing is either progressing in Far Cry 6 once I'm out of the open world grind with Nia or mm-hmm. I think I might end up going back to Deathloop. Yeah. Cuz I truly did not give that game a fair shake. Right. Um, And especially with the topic that we're covering today, there's a lot (laughs) of talk around these games. And so I want to go back and, um, and give them a good, a good once over. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So with that being said, I guess that brings us to our main topic for the day. By the way, Raven, 15 minutes into the recording, less than, Look at us go. We're not spending half an hour talking about games like last week. Woo. And half of that was house talk. <laughs> so yeah, think about that's it. true too. We we spent like, I, I realized, I think we were 45 minutes into the episode by the time we actually started the topic last yeah, week. We and I was sure like, wow, were. we don't know how to shut up. <laughs> what Remember else? when we tried keeping ourselves to half of an hour oh or to a full hour? God, what else is new? December 9th, next Thursday, as you're listening to this, or perhaps even this Thursday, because today, as we're recording, is this Thursday. So inevitably, when this goes up, it'll be this Thursday, less than a week away, is Raven, what used to be legitimately... The laughing stock of an entire industry. But now has become one of the most well-respected events in the entire industry. That being the Game Awards. Now, the Game Awards, 
produced by Jeff Keighley, used to have a really bad rap, and a lot of people don't even... It's weird, a lot of people don't even remember this now. But, they kind of... It aired on Spike TV, which was like, The Dude Channel! Mm -hmm. And it kind of, like, it was very denigrating to gamers for a bit. And then... Jeff Keeley had to scratch and claw because that wasn't him. That was kind of Spike's direction. And so he had to scratch and claw to make the Game Awards this really highly respected thing. And now he has. And now the Game Awards are pretty much the definitive awards. The only other ones that really matter are the Dice Awards. Yeah. And... So, we, Raven and I, every year, and by that I mean last year and this year, like to take a look at what's coming up, the nominees, and kind of give our impressions on who's going to win, but... Raven, before we actually talk about our picks, it's important to understand, I think, Raven, what the what the game of the Game Awards really is. Mm-hmm. And that is giving as much light as possible to as many games as possible in a lot of situations. So... Raven, what are the implications for games that are, say, um, nominated in the categories of maybe both Game of the Year and Best Action Adventure Game? It's probably only going to get one of the two. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, game of the year typically has one game and then they usually have, to be fair, game of the year also technically has a couple of extra awards thrown out here and there. But more often than not, if a game is nominated as game of the year, it generally has all encompassing really, really good parts. Um, so in an effort to make sure other games are properly recognized, the other awards tend to go to other people. So there's, there's a lot of discussion of where do you give... XYZ game the nod. Mm-hmm. Where do you make sure that they get a trophy to take home? And, you know, really that's, and I truly believe that it's not such a political thing as it is just making sure that at the end of the day, everybody knows about as many of these games as possible. Mm-hmm. Unless you've got a game that is let's say like the last of us part two that last year won game of the year, best game direction, best narrative, best audio design, best performance for a single actor, innovation and accessibility, best action adventure game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised that somehow didn't win most anticipated game two. Like, kind of insane 
mm-hmm. how many awards it won last year. The good news is this year it is a much, much tighter race. Yeah. Oh, people need to remember that like this year, everybody was, we were kind of talking about how it was going to be a good year and it ended up just kind of being slow. Uh, and so there isn't as many games to talk about when mm. it comes to the best games in each category for the year. Yeah, and, and you know, it's definitely one of those, it was a really good year on paper, but it didn't feel like that good of a year as it was happening. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we even did the, what's the rest of the year going to look like thing multiple times, and every time we were like, the rest of the year is lit, but then like, kind of nothing. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the year it, happened, and we're like, oh yeah. It did. It didn't feel like much, but there's definitely several standouts this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Raven, but I've got more stuff that I'm giving to. Um, I've got more games getting multiple awards, and actually a number of awards in my uh, in my predictions than usual. Mm-hmm. Is that the case for you as well? Yes, that is also the case for okay. me. So what we're going to do here is, and here's the other thing. I'm glad you brought that up, Casey. Um, Raven, how many games have you bought this year? Um, I know I've said that I only bought three with Shimigami and Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were two. I bought Cyber Sleuth, and I, the more that I think about it, the more I think I bought one game back in March, but it's been a lifetime ago since then. So it's like, at most, I've probably only bought like five games this year. So it would be fair to say, Raven, that you are looking at all of these with sort of a different point of view, maybe, than you would some other years. What is that point of view? Looking to purchase this. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. You know, um, yawning always feels worse whenever we don't edit anymore. Um, I'm looking <laughs> to buy games. You know, I'm looking at this more of like a prospective buyer, right? It used to be like, oh, I've picked up my games for the year and I'm ready. But this year I'm like, oh, you know, even just looking, glancing through it and getting my ideas. I'm like, oh yeah, I need to pick this up. Or, oh, I haven't heard of this game. Wow, that sounds really cool. Like that looks really sweet. I'll download that or something, right? And obviously, we are looking at this from a journalistic perspective in terms of what do we think is going to win. So not having played a lot of these, how do you how do you kind of determine what you think is going to win? Um, I'm going to base mostly off of what I've heard, right? You are a sleepy boy. I, my, okay, so I've been trying to eat less because I'm not working out as much anymore, just in general. So my blood sugar at around 4 o'clock plummets and crashes. Mm-hmm. And so I get really, really tired because I don't have enough food in my system, which, you know, I'm trying to snack on stuff when I get home. There just wasn't anything for me to snack on today. Uh, <laughs> so sorry about this, guys. Um, but in general, I'm kind of, you know, there's some games that I've played here and there. But more importantly, I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know, 
going, okay, which of these do I think is the most interesting out of the batch? Which one had the most impact over the course of the year, right? Mm, what's the so word like, on the street? Well, yeah, exactly. So, like, let's take best multiplayer game as, like, the perfect example I'm looking at right now. Um, six pretty good games all recommended here. I've heard talk about each of them. Um, but there are two in particular with Back for Blood and It Takes Two that it comes down to, right? It's like taking any multiple choice quiz. I, You have all the options in front of you. You narrow it down to do and then go with your gut on which one is right. And that's oh, kind of what right. my thing is here. I, I, I have a couple of ideas, but then at the end, I'm just going to, as we talk about it, I'm going to decide on one more specifically. And um, I think that's an interesting perspective because in a lot of situations, the person who comes with a little less of an informed view somehow ends up being the person who somehow gets the entire March Madness bracket right and, like, defies the odds when they're like, mm. I flipped a coin. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see how everything turns out. Now, first things first, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. Mm-hmm. Esports and creators. Let's get through <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I'm ready. All right. Content creator of the year. You've got Dream. You've got mm-hmm. uh, Foosley. You've got Gal- uh, some other. So who do you think is going to win? <laughs> um. So I think it's interesting that Dream is on here after Very. the whole thing of like cheating in a speed run. Mm-hmm. But I think it is going to be Dream because he's the only name I recognize on this list of five people. No offense to anybody else. Uh, but the controversy brought him to the limelight, right? And he is a very popular at what he does for making his Minecraft content. Yeah. And I think that's probably just the best bet, if I had to guess. Yeah, I would say so, too. It's always a good bet to go for the only person you've heard of. Yeah. Um, he being wrong, that's okay. Shout out to Valkyrie. The... Um... I will say the um, and I from what I understand, I believe it is pronounced the Greek, like it, okay. the F kind yeah. of. There is a solid chance I believe that he is is going to win. Um, from what I hear, um, he. I believe was the one who broke the um, concurrent record on Twitch. I think you're right. Now that like I'm looking at his page, he hit like 2 million people or something crazy. And yeah. like a single stream, but I could be wrong about that. Could have been another gentleman. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Uh, most concurrent viewers for a Twitch stream with 2,468,668 peak concurrent viewership during the live presentation of his Fortnite skin in January. So don't count him out. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Um, best esports event. You got you got something for that? Uh, League. League pretty consistently wins for best esports event, so I imagine it's just going to be the League championship mm. again. Yeah, one last year. Uh, yep. Best esports team. Best esports team. Honestly, dude, I have no idea. Uh, I'm just gonna put it down so we can knock out call. We can lock it, knock out Atlanta Face because Call of Duty. I don't. Nobody really cares about competitive Call of Duty. Uh, Valorant didn't do as well as Riot had hoped, so we're down between Counter Strike, 
uh, Dota and League. It's probably going to go to Counter-Strike or League. I, I don't really know or have an opinion on the matter. Best uh, esports player? Esports player? I'm going... So we're looking at the Wikipedia page for this, in full disclosure. Yeah. I'm going to go with the one that has a hyperlink and has a, their own Wikipedia page. <laughs> I Nobody else has a Wikipedia page. But this one does. Uh, so a, I think that really good the, point. he is the most likely to win. Probably. I mean... That's like, <laughs> that's I, I mean... I think it's fair, right? Because he, he has... And, like, obviously everybody else has done things and they all have their own achievements. But, like, looking at this one, like, he has a bunch of stuff. Looking at his Wikipedia page, he has 52 references for how the articles are written out on his page. A lot so, of references. You know, you know, it'd be funny if he made his own Wikipedia page. <laughs> Do you think anybody has done that? They've gone and made their own Wikipedia page to talk about themselves? You know, I I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I think it'd be sweet. All right, so that's esports. Yeah. Um, I guess there's technically esports games, but would you be shocked if I told you there's five same games from last year? Yeah, and also, I mean, you just kind of did that when you were talking about esports team. Yeah, same logic. It's it's the five same games. It's just we're just going down to the same yeah. logic. So except yeah, let's start off strong here. Now this is okay. I've got this is weird. Okay, I don't know. Okay, so the most okay. anticipated game. Your nominees are Elden Ring, God of War Rad Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel and Starfield. Last year's winner was Elden Ring. Oh, was it? And Bastard. it was up against Untitled God of War sequel, Horizon Forbidden West, Breath of the Wild sequel, Halo Infinite, and Resident Evil Village. Huh. This one, this category looks a little bit familiar then. <laughs> Just a bit. So wow. now having heard what you just heard, what do you make of this? Uh, I think the, I think that all of these games got delayed a year. I, <laughs> I really don't know what else to say, you know? Yeah. Um, is Ragnarok and West were supposed to both be out this year and be able to be played. So I think they were just kind of like, well, these were our guesses for last year. They got pushed back. Eh, we might as well go ahead and do it again this year. Now I, I will say, fair, right. At the time, it was Untitled God of War sequel, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got a little bit more info about God of War Ragnarok. Um, but, you know, just to go into the nitty-gritty of it, I still think Elden Ring has this, right? My, yep. it, for me, personally, God of War Ragnarok is the, my most anticipated game of next year. But Elden Ring is probably going to win this again because people are ecstatic about this game. My... Um, most anticipated game of next year, it would be no surprise to anybody is Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. And I think that the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel is going to win. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. And one of the reasons that I'm saying that is, and I don't know if you saw this, Raven, but today a guest was announced. For the Game Award Awards, somebody who is going to be presenting at the Game Awards. I did not hear anything about this. His first name is Reggie. 
Oh, snap, really? And a lot of people are it- saying, what if he is there to help usher in some type of announcement on Breath of the Wild sequel? Because... And it's really important to note this, and we haven't talked about it that much yet. The Game Awards is as much an announcement show as anything. And Jeff Mm -hmm. Keighley has said that this has been his... This has been the biggest year in history for his inbox. Mm -hmm. And he said there will be double digits worth of announcements... Now, if we remember a couple of years ago, I mean, we've had Joker and Smash. We've had Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled that was announced at the show. We have had, you remember when Xbox revealed what the Series X looks like at the show? Yeah. Some big stuff. I do remember seeing the fridge. Some big stuff has happened there, and personally, I think that the hype, because this is the one that's voted on by the fans, the fan vote counts for about 10% in every other category, but this is fan vote, and I think right now, we've seen like hours of Elden Ring at this point. Mm -hmm. We know what Horizon Forbidden West is gonna be, we know what Ragnarok is gonna be. Starfield, we haven't seen enough yet from to really begin to anticipate it. And the Breath of the Wild sequel is just at that right point between are we getting something about it at the show? Mm -hmm. General hype. And we know just enough about it to really it kind of trips every trigger for me. And yeah. for that reason, I'm going with the Breath of the Wild sequel. Right. And I think that's fair. Even if the Reggie thing is just kind of convenient, right? Because we all know that Reggie no longer works for Nintendo. So doing that, you know, it doesn't really matter. But I do think it's important to kind of look at this and go, you know, you already knocked out Elden Ring, God of War, and Horizon. And you're like, okay, we have Legend of Zelda sequel and we have Starfield. And nobody knows what Starfield is, is or going to be. And we have nothing to compare it to because it's an original work, right? Yeah. Breath of the Wild sequel, we know what Breath of the Wild is, and it was, you know, even though it was the the original game on the Switch, a lot of people still regard it as one of the best games on the console. If not, um, I mean, in many circles, one of the best games ever made. Yeah, exactly. So being able to kind of be like, yeah, Breath of the Wild sequel is the most anticipated because people want to know what it's about because it's the only game we haven't seen anything about that we have any sort of prior knowledge of in a previous entry. That's my guess. Yeah. So up next, we have the best debut game. We have Kana Bridge of Spirits by Ember Lab. We have Sable, which I'm just now realizing already came out. We have The Artful Escape, The Forgotten City, and Valheim. Raven, what do you got? Um... So I'm going off of what I've heard again, kind of like we talked about earlier. The only two games I've heard about here are Valheim and Kena. And that's just, you know, and there's nothing wrong with the other three for that. Right. Because I've 
looked into them as that. I'm like, oh, these are look neat. But I've heard a lot. We I at saw... one point were very hyped about Sable. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it just kind of fell off for me. And I haven't heard anybody talk about it. And like you just said, oh, that game is out. Right. Yeah. Um, that game has been out since September, the end of September. So it's been out for almost for over two months. And we've, you know, just now talking about with it. a Metacritic in the mid seventies. Yeah. Um, but I will say I heard a lot of people playing Valheim and I really thought that Kana Bridge of Spirits is a cool game. And I, everybody that I've heard talk about it said it's a really, really good game, right? I saw a lot of people playing Valheim and talking about the good and the bad of it. And I heard a lot of people who played Kana say it was a phenomenal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at on it. If anything, it would probably be Valheim because in my opinion, it kind of came out of nowhere. And a lot of people played it, whereas Kana had a lot of advertisement and then people played it because it was advertised pretty well through PlayStations. But um, then notably, uh, we're not disappointed by the experience either. Exactly. It, it lived up to the marketing. Exactly. Um, and for all of the reasons you just stated, it's Kana for me. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think I, I really do think this could go either way. I don't think there's a wrong answer in this one. And, and again, mm-hmm. there's nothing, nothing, no offense to any of the other three titles. It's just, you know, I just haven't heard anything about them. And I'm sure they're yeah. all phenomenal games. And, you know, the Forgotten City I was looking into just now is headed by one of the writers or one of somebody who worked on or wrote and was lead developer on mods for New Vegas and also other things right he's he's known you know i like his work that he's done before and the metacritic on it is in the mid 80s which is really good so yeah the forgotten city let's take a quick second about this started as a mod for skyrim and then evolved into its own game yeah which i think is cool which is amazing right but i i digress i'm getting off topic here and it's worth noting too that as you think about it like the people, for instance, who love Artful Escape love Artful Escape. Mm-hmm. Like, the people who love Artful Escape think that it should be the game of the year. Yeah. And this is one of those, if any, and we're going to come back to this idea probably multiple times, but if any of the five of these win, and especially if it wasn't one of the ones that we were thinking is going to win, we're going to be like, okay, cool. That's yeah. something to keep my awesome. eye on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've already, if we weren't recording, I'd already be downloading uh, the Artful the artful Escape because I think it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, looking into any of these games, I would be happy to play any of them except for possibly Valheim just because it's not my kind of game. Yeah. So. Best awesome. multiplayer game nominated is Back for Blood, It Takes Two, Knockout City, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim. Um, I think there were that, a lot of really good multiplayer games this year. Yeah, I do think that if if Knockout City had come out later in the year, I think it very well might win this. Mm-hmm. Um. The like the knockout city community was like hot and heavy there for a bit. Yeah. 
but I think there is a bit of recency bias, which brings it down to basically a couple. And Back for Blood, while it was critically acclaimed, I feel like the general public was like, okay, that happened, and then kind of moved on. I think that the best multiplayer game of this year will go down as it takes to. Absolutely. And there's no question about it. Uh, I, I was kind of tossing around Back for Blood, but as far as I'm aware, Back for Blood hasn't had its full release yet, right? It's out, no, it's uh, out. as an early access or as in a beta? No, it's it's out out. Oh, is it? Yeah, it, okay, it, it was released reason, on October 12th. Okay, because I thought that October 12th release date was like an early access kind of thing. No. Maybe it's just not on Steam yet. I don't remember. But yeah, I kind of heard that thing. It's like, oh, we'll play it later, right? And I had I have some friends who do play it, and it's and they've always had fun with it. But Back for Blood is Left for Dead and Left for Dead 2. It's yeah. the same formula, and it's not the exact same game, but it does follow a lot of the same things, right? It Takes Two is a really interesting take on what a multiplayer game can be, mm-hmm. and I think that's what really sets it apart. Yeah. And then New World catches PCs on fire, and, you know... <laughs> Best simulation slash strategy game. We've got Age of Empires 4, Evil Genius 2 World Domination, Humankind, Inscription, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Microsoft Flight Simulator, by the way, won last year. Uh, I should mention the best debut game from last year was Phasmophobia. The best multiplayer game from last year was What Else But Among Us. Yeah. Best sim and strategy game, otherwise known as my the best Microsoft Flight Simulator game. Yeah. Uh, I I just think it's going to win again. I, you know, Age of Empires four could win, right? Age of Empires is a very very widespread series. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Inscription, but we'll talk about that more later. Um, Actually, let's I've talk about it now because I think Inscription's going to win. You think so? I do. I I. Inscription is nominated for something else later. It is nominated for, let me find it again, for Best Indie Game. It sure is. Uh, I have heard nothing but praise for Inscription. I have heard that this game is one of the best games from multiple people that have played it. And I think it's really important to emphasize that it's a roguelike card-based game, which I like roguelikes and I like card-based games. So it sounds like a game that's perfect for me. And I've heard a lot about it. And I have not seen a single fraction of gameplay for it. And I have not heard a single thing about it outside of it being really good because nobody wants to talk about it because it's just such a good experience, right? They don't want to ruin anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's very possible that best, it wins best sim right here and then best indie goes to something else that I might have glossed, glossed over. Uh, but I've heard praise and praise on end for inscription. Um, whereas some of the other titles in indie, well, I guess, yeah. Okay. There's a couple of other options there, but, um, I, I I think that inscription deserves something. Yeah. Uh, So it's, I I think if it doesn't win indie, I could see it winning best strategy game. Um, but also the age of empires community is really, really heavy in what it does here. Uh, Here's my thing about inscription. And this is just from what I'm hearing inside of the industry from the various preview shows that I've listened to and whatnot. There is a large contingent of critics. And we'll get into this factor more later in the show 
because it's there for multiple games, one of which is mm-hmm. coming up next. But mm-hmm. the people, the critics who love Inscription, and no, note it, this, this is the critics, right? These people are part of the jury who's voting. The people who, like, love Inscription, like, think it's Game of the Year material. Yeah. And they are, Raven, willing to die for this game. Yep. And I think it's one thing when a game has a dedicated community. It's another when a game has a dedicated community that just so happens to be all the critics. Yeah. And so for that... I don't think Microsoft Flight Simulator will repeat because mm-hmm. it basically just got ported in the last year. Granted, if anything other than Inscription is going to win, for me it's Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, with respect to Age of Empires, it's just a lot of times the most mainstream mainstream thing wins. Yeah. But I think that in terms of that those like hardcore critics, it's Inscription's gonna get the vote. I'm looking forward to talking about indie games here in a bit. But mm-hmm. until then, we have best Forza Horizon 5 game. Sorry, best sports and racing game. Yeah, so yeah, best sports and racing <laughs> game. Uh, F1 2021, FIFA 22, Hot Wheels Unleashed, Forza Horizon 5, and Riders Republic. Ironically, three of the best games I played this year are here. Yeah, I was and saying, this else. list actually is really good good in general like there's yeah. actually competition this year riders republic is really is in an easy third place for me mm-hmm. um hot wheels unleashed if you've not folks if you're out there and you like driving games in any form and you haven't checked out hot wheels unleashed for the love of god go get it yeah. but there is a very significant portion of the community both anecdotally that meaning in the consumer space and in the critical space that is outraged that forza horizon 5 did not get a nod for game of the year mm-hmm. and for that alone to me shoe in absolutely no I, I don't even think it's close really if i had to guess just because like Hot Wheels Unleashed is one of the best, like one of the most, one of the hidden gems of the year, right? Forza Horizon Five is one of the most gorgeous looking games and one of the and the best Forza game to be released, and it's not close. And every year that a Forza game has been on the chopping block, it has won every time, I, I believe. And I could be wrong on that; don't quote me. But Forza has a tendency to win these awards, and I don't see that changing this year. Do you remember uh, what won this category last year? Was it? It wasn't Forza Four. No. Uh, I do not remember what was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. And and I suppose that it's possible that Riders Republic could win, but I I don't know. I think think they're a sure. I'm going to stop talking myself in circles around it because there's no world that uh, Forza does not win this year. Yep. Best family game. Mm -hmm. Your nominees are It Takes Two, Mario Party Superstars, New Pokemon Snap, Mario 3D World plus Bowser Fury and WarioWare get it together. Last year's winner was Animal Crossing New Horizons and this bids explanation for those of you who are new to the Game Awards that best family game Raven directly translates to uh best Nintendo game. 
pretty much. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But I think it's really uh, interesting here because there are three really, really, really good um, potential candidates here. It Takes Two is a phenomenal game, but if we have it best slated for best multiplayer, I don't think it's going to win here. And also, I don't really consider it a family game. Uh, Mario Party Superstars, you know, is the Mario Party that everybody's been wanting for years, and they finally got it, and it's pretty good. All things considered, it's what everybody wanted. There's a couple things that could be changed, but it's a phenomenal experience. New Pokemon Snap is also, whenever I played it, was a blast, which I did buy a new Pokemon Snap this year. Uh, That's the other game I remember I bought earlier, but... New Pokemon Snap is a blast. Really fun game. Really good experience for everybody. And then Super Mario's 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Bowser's Fury is one of the coolest little things that they've done for a rebade Mario game in a long time. Mm. And then WarioWare Get It Together happened. It's a pretty good game. I There's just so many good choices here. It's kind of hard for me to narrow it down. Um, because I, I put down Bowser's Fury on my list. Yeah. And I think that'll probably be what it ends up going to. But it's weird because I don't consider Bowser's Fury a family game, if that makes sense. And that's the funny thing, too, because when you sort of get into what exactly does best family game really mean? I mean, it says for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. Which, by the way, still makes no sense. Yeah. And like, if we're if we're considering just exactly a family game, it'd be Mario Party Superstars, right? Yeah. I, I think that New Pokemon Snap also has a chance because Bowser's Fury is one of those games that if you play with your family, it's kind of you're like, oh, that's so cool what you're doing. But if you're couch playing new Pokemon Snap, you're like, oh my god, look how cool that is. You're experiencing the same kind of things that the person who's actively playing it is experiencing. The only difference is that they get to actually snap the photo. But you can tell them to do that, right? And that's a very easy game that you can hand off to your family members for them to take some pictures. Indeed. Um, and so I, I do think I think that my favorite Nintendo game that I played this year was Bowser's Fury. Uh, but I do think that new Pokemon Snap I do think Mario Party Superstars is going to win, but I do think New Pokemon Snap also could take the category. That that's that's more I'm at. I think that Mario Party Superstars is going to win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you though, at a close, close number two. For me, is it takes two. Yeah. I would not be surprised at all if it takes two. Took this. Takes number one. Oh, it'll oh. take two game awards. Exactly. Now, the thing about the I looked back, the only time ever that a Nintendo game has not won Best Family Game, which, by the way, I am counting... Um, even though it was on mobile platforms, I am counting Co- Pokemon Go in that. Because mm-hmm. um, to me, it just makes I sense. I it's fair. Yeah. Um, but the only time that a non-Nintendo game has won is 2018, Overcooked 2. There's something to be said for being able to it be like you and your child. Mm-hmm. And so I do think Mario Party Superstars takes it. 
But I had originally written down it takes two, so yeah, we'll see what happens here. Um, up next we have best fighting game. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> we have, of course, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaba. Pretty good. I know. Thank you. So I'm so worried <laughs> about that. Um, Guilty Gear Strive. Yep. Melty Blood Type Lumina. Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. Yep. And. Of course, Nickelodeon's All-Star Brawl. Okay. So, this category is weird, right? Because, in all honesty, this is one of the strongest batches of fighting games that we've had released in a single year in a while. And Nickelodeon's All-Star Brawl. Yeah. (laughs) Which did release alternate costumes today for their fighters. Which, Which is, is currently with... sitting at uh, a Metacritic of 66 out of 100. Yeah. But I, I do think it's worth giving credit to uh, to Nasby because there is a dedicated player base that really likes it. And it's a, and they do, it is a fun game to play. Like, I haven't played it, but I've talked to a lot of people who have. And, like, all of my Smash friends who've played it have been like, yeah, this is a really sweet game. It's just that people, more people aren't playing it competitively because the best characters are really really good and Mm. none of the other characters can really compete against them right and it's not like it is in melee where it's like if you practice it enough it might be fine it's just like leonardo can do everything in the game and it's not even um but i can go into that later melty blood and guilty gear strive and virtual fighters are your traditional fighting games in their genres these are all uh sequels they all have had previous entries into the series and they are exactly what you expect for these games and they're all do really well at what they do. Uh, and then the Demon Slayer, the Hinokami Chronicles is more like what we see with uh, My Heroes, My Hero Academia's One Justice, like we see with like Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm where they try to do this quote-unquote fighting game. Um, but I've heard that this one in particular is one of the best that they've actually made of this. Because like, you know, My Heroes One Justice wasn't great. Um, the ultimate, the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storms hit or miss. But I've heard that I've heard and seen gameplay of this game, and it's really, really good. Hmm. Not only that, I watch a lot of like Dragon Ball Fighters players and a lot of like fighting game players contents in on my YouTube. I subscribe to a lot of them, and there are people. This game came out months ago, and people are still playing this game. Like online, they have a rank ladder and everything, and this game is really, really sweet. Um. So I, I, I don't think it's going to win. Uh, I, I think that Guilty Gear Strive is winning, and it's not close. It is one of the prettiest games I've ever seen. It is one of the coolest fighting games I've ever seen. I would play more Guilty Gear Strive if I had time. Uh, it's just one of those things that it's like I don't have the couple of hours to sit down and play it. The last time I played Guilty Gear Strive, I played with my old roommate. Uh, we played some online games, and we played 50 matches, and I went 1-49. in 49. Nice. Um. And, you know, I was frustrated at the time, but also (laughs) I felt something that I haven't felt in a long time when I played Strive, and that was the urge to get better, or that I haven't played in a long time. I felt the urge to want to practice. Yeah. Which I didn't get. I haven't gotten since I played Ultimate really seriously in a while. 
Um, and Guilty Gear Strive, I don't even play it, and I took a little bit of a break on watching it just because I was, you know, originally whenever I was watching it, I was like, yeah, I'm watching it so I can learn more so I can play it better. But now it's more like I'm watching it because I think it's a really cool game to look at. Um, I think Strive is going to win. I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, uh, Nick All-Star Brawl to have more of a mainstream appeal just because it is Nickelodeon characters. Yeah. Fight. Right. Uh, I am interested to see how the upcoming uh, Warner Bros. Um, platform fighter works out. Because uh, uh, it's going to be free to play and all the characters are purchased. And I think that's really... In- I think that is the future of fighting games. But that's a whole other episode. Uh, so I'm going to lock it in. Guilty Gear Strife. That that is the best fighting game of 2020, 2021. Um, s- same. I don't know much about uh, fighting yeah. games, but I'm not stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> best I mean, yeah. RPG. Mm-hmm. Your nominees are Cyberpunk. 20- your <laughs> your nominees are Cyberpunk 2077, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shimigami Tensei Five. And Tales of Arise. Last year, your winner for best role-playing game was Final Fantasy VII Remake. And to borrow a phrase from Raven, it wasn't even close. Yeah. Um, best role-playing game of this year honestly could go one of three ways. Um, let's see. Where's Tales of Arise at? I haven't played Tales of Arise. I've heard it's good. Metacritic has it sitting at about mid to high 80s. Uh, reviewers are putting it, you know, eight and a half. Um, lowest is on GameSpot has a seven out of 10. Um, so it's a good entry and it's a good game in general from what I've heard. It's a standing on its own legs. Um, I can see it. So I can see it go to Tales of Arise. I can see it go into SMT5 just because people have been waiting for this forever. The only thing deterring me from saying that SMT5 is a shoe in at this exact moment is that people are comparing it to Persona because it's the closest thing to compare it to, but it's not really a fair comparison, you know? Um, because they're, even though they're very similar games, they're supposed to be two very different experiences. Um, and then Monster Hunter Rise, you know, Monster Hunter is one of the most popular series for people who play, who play it, right? People who play Monster Hunter play Monster Hunter. I was just talking to my, um, co-worker today about monster hunter rise and he's like this is like this could be one of the games i put the most time into if it had a little bit more content um so with all of this being said me being really roundabout i could really see it going to smt5 or tales of arise but just due to the legacy i i don't know if we're going more traditional rpg like turn-based rpg i think smt5 would take it if we're not i think tales of arise is probably gonna take it uh, I, I'm kind of I, I'm kind of torn on it. I don't have a solid answer on this one. I don't have a guess at all. Role playing games are not my specialty. I do want to say, can you imagine? <laughs> can you just close your eyes and think about it? Uh huh. If Cyberpunk 2077 won this, the okay outrage. <laughs> So I think that it's important to talk about really quickly. Uh, Every single, the game awards, you know, dice, all of these award things, even the Grammys and the Oscars plan what games are going to be on the list much ahead of time. 
Cyberpunk 2077 has been on the list for this year's Game Awards since last year's Game Awards was happening. Indeed. And the craziest part is that it was also already slated for Game of the Year, and they saw what happened, and they were like, uh-oh, and they took it down. Yeah. Um, and this is just kind of one of those things. It's just like they have to throw CD, they have to throw CD Project Red to kind of a bone about it. Be like, here you go. Especially with the news that you know Cyberpunk just announced a big DLC update. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. I, I, there's no way that Cyberpunk wins this. It's going to be SMT. Uh, I'm going to go with SMT five, just because people have been waiting on it for so long. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it to go to a rise either. That, that, that is where I'll stick. Best action adventure game. Your nominees are Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Your game award for best action adventure game last year went to, and let's all say it together, The Last of Us Part 2. The Last of Us Part 2. All right. Okay. Um, this game, I think... I think best action adventure this year is going to go to Metroid Dread. Same. I think that every person that I've talked to has said that Metroid Dread is one of the one of the best games they've played in a long time. Every person? Not I mean not like okay. I've heard a lot of people I know say that Metroid Dread is a really good experience. I know I've got you. Um everybody who's played Metroid Dread except for you has that has finished it, has done it start to finish, and said this was a really good experience. I was talking to my coworker about it today. He beat it over the weekend, and he's like, the only complaint that I have about it is that it's a seven-hour, $60 game. I had a friend who took and beat it in 11 hours, and I had a friend who beat it in seven hours, and I had another friend who beat it in seven hours. And it's just, like, really short for the price that you get, but every second of it is very, very good. Um... The only other one I could also see it go into Psychonauts Two or Ratchet and Clank, but I have other I have other places for that. I could see it going to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. You think so? I think it could. Um, the The panel does usually love a surprise hit, mm-hmm. and the the general consensus on. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy from critics were I expected to like this somehow I love it mm-hmm. and it's I will say Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is like my number two in terms of game of the year that I've played this year um it's um it's one of my favorite games that I've played in a very, very long time and not because it has anything to do with like Marvel, which I love Marvel, but it's just a really, really good game. And mm-hmm. for action and adventure, I could see it going there. But I agree with you, this will go to Metroid Dread. Yeah. Best action game. Now... What's the difference is the the question that we have to ask ourselves every year between yeah. action adventure and action for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving the best action game for the best act for best game in the action genre primarily focused on combat. So 
Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, and Returnal. Last year, your boy, Hades, won this. Yeah. Yes, they did. Um, And we're going to keep in the same loop, uh, same thing here. Uh, actually, Casey, what do you think? Who do you think there has is action? not a snowball's chance in all seven layers of fresh hell that this doesn't go to Returnal? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is that's the game that I thought it was. Um, Returnal. Outside of just the frustrations of having to play a roguelike that was developed as it is, with how intense it is, and that you could go hours into a run. Right, instead of having most roguelikes, which is like 20, 30 minute runs, you have like a seven hour run to get start to finish. Um, this game was phenomenal for everybody who played it. Not me, sadly. I haven't had a chance to buy it yet. Yeah. But everybody loved Returnal. And it was a really good game, and I think that's all that needs to be said about it. And you know, I even say so for different reasons, even than 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 some of yours. My thing with Returnal is there were two major quote-unquote snubs in the Game of the Year discussion. One of those was Forza Horizon 5, and one of those was Returnal. I'm using the yeah. same reason reasoning for them to win their respective categories. This is your chance to vote for them, and they're gonna. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, Chivalry 2, but... Yeah. Exactly. It's a, it's it's quite the quite the uphill climb. Now for innovation, it, it, no, go on. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I'm good. Okay, You're good. For innovation and accessibility this year, we've got Far Cry Six, Forza Horizon Five, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and The Veil: Shadow of the Crown. Now, last year, if we remember innovation and accessibility, we even had the discussion that, let's face it. It was invented. This was the last, the first, last year, last year was the first year that innovation and accessibility was a category. It was created so that Last of Us Part Two could win. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, now we actually have a more interesting look because this is something that they're obviously going to continue with, but who mm-hmm. has really stood out this year in terms of accessibility, my answer may shock you. Mm-hmm. I have zero idea. Uh, on my list, <laughs> I have Far Cry 6, and I don't know why. I've not heard of any of these games doing anything particularly well with innovation and accessibility. However, Casey, looking at this list, you have played all of these games. Except the film. Oh yeah, I'm such a huge Veil vale fan. Yeah, um, okay. So you played all you played most of these games. So you would have a better idea than anybody what kind of accessibility options that these have. The answer to this question is Forza Horizon 5. Mhm. Um so Far Cry 6 and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart both followed the um the model that Last of Us 2 put before them. Um Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy kind of had a toned down version of that, but we're talking about innovation in accessibility. And when you're talking about innovation, you have to think about those moments that you see something and you're like, 
That is so awesome. I've never seen that before. The ability to make as many of your limbs as you want prosthetics in the character creation of Forza Horizon 5. Mm-hmm. Which is something that they didn't need to do. But they did to help people feel more included. The yeah. do you want to look masculine or feminine? What do you want your pronouns to be? Good on them for that. And then you've got one thing that it did that nobody else has done to this day. They put a sign language interpreter in there. First time that there's been a sign language interpreter in a in a game. Mm-hmm. Um. So for that, my vote unequivocally goes to uh, Forza Horizon 5. Best VR or AR game. Um, lot of lot of question marks here for me because I haven't really done a lot. Um, of course you're you've got Hitman Three. I expect you to die too. Lone Echo Two, Resident Evil Four, Sniper Elite, VR last year, Half Life Alex. Of course, one naturally. Yeah, not um, even a contest. Do you have any opinions here? Because I'm not informed enough. Uh, I heard the Resident Evil Four port is really good. Good. Um, I I. I... The only bad thing I've heard about the Resident Evil 4 port is that it takes out a lot of the edge of playing Resident Evil, Mm, if that makes sense. mm, Yeah, because you got to have that hair on the back of your neck stand up. Right. You think that, like, playing it, you have that... You're you're more engaged with it, right? So you're like, oh, you're in first person, so it's going to be scarier. But it's not. The game wasn't designed... Originally wasn't designed to be that. So whenever you're playing through the game, you're kind of marching along or whatever... And then part of the suspense is seeing an enemy come down and then seeing Leon maybe unknowing about it. But now you have to see it and you're like, oh, hey. And you can do goofy things in, in all VR games. Uh, so it's probably that or Hitman 3. Those are my guesses. I have I don't know enough about the other ones. Best community support. Apex Legends, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, Final Fantasy 14 Online, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. Last year, Fall Guys won this award. Mm-hmm. Best community support, Raven. I think this goes to Final Fantasy XIV Online. You know, that's what I have too, actually. Uh, from all I've... of the preview shows I listened to, it seems like a, an absolute shoe-in. I don't know much about it, um, okay, but it's so smart money. My biggest thing about Final Fantasy XIV Online, with the reboot that it had, I, I know a bunch of people who play it, and there's a big work... Uh, group of coworkers that i have like seven or eight people who play this game and not one of them complains about it yeah and it's not even like a oh you know the developers aren't listening about this everybody's the most recent deals or expansion came out everybody's like yeah that's pretty good you know and it's like anything i haven't heard them complain about anything and that so is like, a miracle yeah right i haven't heard anybody complain about it online i have a friend who's playing it she hasn't complained about it like it's just a good game and this is community support i imagine like goes hand in hand with that i just don't know what to what extent though yeah. right for from what i from what i'm understanding in terms of their community support they are incredibly personal mm-hmm. in in their communication and their marketing which goes a long way with the consumer absolutely best mobile game your nominees are fantasian 
Genshin Impact, League, League of Legends Wild Rift, Marvel Future Revolution, and Pokemon Unite. Last year, Among Us took this game. Okay. Uh, but in all seriousness, I don't know. Uh, there's Surprisingly, there's a couple ways that this could go, which is weird for the mobile game category. Yeah. Um, because Pokemon Unite was a huge game. It was a huge hit. Uh, it's kind of fallen off in recent years, but they're still releasing new uh, Pokemon to be played in it. Like just today, they announced uh, Serena is going to be a playable character in the game. Um, and if you like Pokemon Unite, it's doing really well for you. It's not necessarily a mobile yeah. game. It had a rocky launch, um, but for the most part, people who play it are pretty happy with it. It was a massive week for that game. Yeah, exactly. And I have none of my friends play it anymore, and that's totally fine. I'll, I even occasionally will still watch the Pokemon Unite because I think it's an interesting game to watch. Um, but I just don't play it because it's not my cup of tea. Um, League of Legends Wild Rift. I don't know anything about this game. Never heard of it. Uh, but I imagine it's probably good. I or It's probably liked by the people who like League. And, and that's really it, you know? Um, I don't know anything about it. It has a 90 on Metacritic, so it's probably fine. Uh, Fantasian is a game that's only on iOS devices. So I was... Because I was surprised why I hadn't heard of it. Because it sounds like my kind of game. Because it's made by one of the original creators of Final Fantasy. So it sounds like a game I'd be into. And then I was like, oh, it's only on Apple Arcade. So that's probably why. Hmm. Um, it's probably going to go to League or League of Legends, Wild Rift, or Pokemon Unite. If I had to choose one, it'd probably be Pokemon Unite. But it, I could very easily see it go to League. Hmm. Uh, I because do wanna... the Genshin community is very mad at, is, is very mad at MiHoYo. Hmm. Really mad. Okay. So... I do want to give a shout out to Marvel Future Revolution. That is a good game um, mm-hmm. that I've played several times. It's like it's like having a real game, but on your phone. This will be Pokemon Unite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> best indie game. Let's go. Um, okay. Your, this, is, this is a good one. Your nominees are, and oh my goodness, are they five nominees? Twelve minutes. Death's Door. Cana Bridge of Spirits, Inscription, and Loop Hero. Last year, your boy, Hades, won Best yep. Indie Game. Honestly, dude, I have no idea. I Part of me wants to give it to Inscription because of how much I've heard about how phenomenal this game is. Part of me wants to give it to Kana because I've heard of how good this game is. And part of me wants to give it to 12 minutes for it being an interesting idea and a really well executed, interesting idea. Hmm. Um, but I know you're not going to say inscription because you said inscription earlier. Uh, so I'm interested and I didn't hear you give it to Kana. So I imagine that you're thinking it's going to be 12 minutes. Am I correct? I think it goes to Kana. You think so? I do. I, I my heart would give it to twelve minutes because twelve minutes I think is probably like number four on my game of the year list. Like mm. it's a very very good game, um, mm. and it's got you know people from a lot of of different universes in it. I mean the Green Goblin he's in it. Uh, the the <laughs> that one Professor X he's in it and the chick from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, 
Which is, but, I, I know exactly what they love being referred to as. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's, you got to treat it with respect. Uh, all, all seriousness, though, Kana, I think, was such a commercial success for an indie game. It, I mean, it was one of the most downloaded PlayStation 5 games in September, the most downloaded PlayStation 5 game of September in Europe. And Mm -hmm. by October, it had broke even, which that's not how indie games work. Mm -hmm. And it, this brought, it's also the PlayStation bump is a real thing. And it does have the PlayStation bump. I I think I think it edges out. Yeah. Best ongoing game last year, and this is there's a reason I'm starting with last year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> last year, best ongoing game, No Man's Sky won. And it was up against Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Destiny 2, and Fortnite. This year, your amazing illustrious nominees are Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, Genshin Impact, and Final Fantasy XIV Online. Raven, let me tell you something right here. You may as well roll some dice. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you quantify this? How do you even judge it? I mean, you could go off of precedence, but dear God, last year, No Man's Friggin' Sky won. Not to say that No Man's Sky is a bad game. It's a good game, but it went up against, like, you know, Fortnite, and it just trounced it. And so, in terms of best ongoing game, honestly, it's it's not been a category for all that long. It's only been a few years now that they've had best ongoing game. And it was originally created basically for Fortnite. And I think they're still determining what best ongoing game actually means in some form. Mm -hmm. And so I I I don't know how to, I think it's important to recognize that if a game is still ongoing from year to year, that does make it a better shoe in for an ongoing game, right? Like we're seeing three repeat games after last year. And that like makes sense because they're still ongoing. Right. Makes total sense. Uh, It just makes it so difficult to call. Yeah, okay, so we can cross... I think we can cross out... I think... Okay, so I'm just going to say what I think it is without crossing off any of them because my reasoning is funny. I think it's going to go to Fortnite this year. Okay. Um, And it's only because the crossover that Fortnite has had this year alone is crazy. Fortnite, this year alone, just the two that I can grab off the top of my head, Fortnite had a skin for Master Chief. Yeah. Fortnite has a skin for Naruto. I, I also like, feel supporting like supporting Naruto characters. 
when Fortnite is one of those win in doubt vote Fortnite games. Yeah. It just is. So by default, like, I, could... I think it goes to Fortnite. My official mm-hmm. prediction, though, is that it goes to anything but Fortnite. I don't know what. I could see it going to Final Fantasy fourteen for the same reason I said earlier, that none of my friends have complained about fourteen in a while. And they've also, the new expansion's pretty good. Um, And now, obviously, this could just be me being in the wrong sphere. But I do think that Final Fantasy fourteen online is... could it, That's my second guess, if we're not giving it to Fortnite. But... Fortnite has Master Chief and Naruto on the same team, and I can get teabagged by Naruto, right? Indeed. Like, uh, it, it's 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 got it this year for me. Games for Impact. Remember, Games for Impact basically means a game that has made the most impact. Wow, so so Thank philosophical, you. Thank Casey. You. Thank you. Uh, no, seriously, it is a thought-provoking game that has the best social meaning or message. I say this, and I I don't say it as a meme, legitimately Games for Impact has a tendency to be, quote-unquote, the most woke game, but, like, woke in a good way. Mm -hmm. Um, Your nominees are Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Life is Strange, True Colors, and No Longer Home. Now, of course, last year, the Games for Impact... Uh, a game called Tell Me Why One. Mm-hmm. I think this goes to Life is Strange. Probably, right? The first two Life is Strange games are very widely regarded as really, really good. I remember being really into the original Life is Strange, and that's not even... I didn't even play it. Yeah. I just... That was during the peak of, like, watching YouTubers play Let's Plays, right? Back whenever the original one came out. God, six years ago? Yeah. Five or six years ago? Yeah. And so I have very fond memories of like watch sitting down and watching Jacksepticeye play through the original Life is Strange and being like, wow, this is like a really important game, right? Um, and It'll I be don't seven have years any sort of knowledge of the current strange. ones. Seven years in January for Life is Strange. Wow. God, I'm old. I guess I do own a house, huh? Um. Yeah, I I could I see it going to Life is Strange True Colors. I I'm personally really interested in playing Boyfriend Dungeon. Mm. I haven't downloaded. I just haven't pulled the trigger and started playing it yet. Um, because I feel like it's gonna be a really fun game. You know? Yeah. Because it's I remember hearing about this game for the first time like two or three years ago, whenever it originally started development. Be like, haha, that's funny. Because, like, I thought whenever I heard about it a couple years ago that they were, like, releasing it as, like, a small little indie game. But it's, like, a really big title. So I'm really interested to, you know, find out who my optimal boyfriend sword is. Sword friend? Boy sword? Best performance. This is, of course, the actor or actress that has given the best performance in a game this year, you have Erica Mori as Alex Chin in Life is Strange True Colors, Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo in Far Cry 6, you have Jason E. Kelly as Colt in Deathloop, you have, um, oh no, Ozayama Akaga. 
Yeah, it's probably Oziyama. Oziyama Okaga as Juliana in Deathloop, and Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu uh, in uh, Resident Evil Village. Um, to me, uh, Raven, this is a two-horse race for a couple of reasons. Okay. Um, general ruling on things like this is when two people are nominated from the same game, they're going to split the vote. Neither mm-hmm. of them is going to win. Correct. So for that reason, uh, both of the folks from Deathloop for me are out. Now it is worth noting last year, Laura Bailey as Abby won best performance in the last of us part two, whereas Ashley Johnson as Ellie was also nominated but we also have to understand, as I was saying earlier, that is a different animal. Laura Bailey is on a different level of fame than most other voice actors out there. And Last of Us Part Two wasn't the kind of game you get every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Maggie is going to take it. Um, that character was... Um, a character for impact, as it were, uh, as far mm-hmm. as society is concerned. A lot of people really made a lot of internet content out of that. Um, she's oh, no. she's she's <laughs> booby zombie, but like, I don't think booby that booby vampire. I I don't think that when you look back at that, it's so much about. The performance, fine character, but I I don't think it's in that upper echelon. I think it comes down to Erica Mori or Giancarlo Esposito. I think Giancarlo Esposito is going to get the win because I think they Mm -hmm. want to give an award to Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, I think so too. I wouldn't be surprised if it went to Erica Mori because she had a tremendous Mm -hmm. performance in that game, but... At the end of the day, you want a game award to be on Giancarlo Esposito's uh, shelf. Yeah. I've heard that his performance as well in Far Cry 6 is phenomenal, even mm. if the character of Anton Castillo is not the best character. Yeah. Right? I, I've heard that he's done phenomenal with the part that he's been given. Right? And also, he he's Giancarlo Esposito. He did, like, all of the commercials for this game because they just wanted an excuse to have Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it, I, it could go to one of those two as well. I agree. Best, Raven, get ready. Best audio design. Mm-hmm. And and Raven rejoices. Your nominees are Deathloop, Forza Horizon Five, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. Last year, you guessed it, The Last of Us Part Two won. So this one's uh, tough. what are you thinking? I, I so I haven't played any of these, right? So that makes it really tough. Um I have a couple of ideas. Mm-hmm. Like or, so I think that we can go ahead and knock off Deathloop, right? I I don't think that Deathloop does anything particularly interesting with its soundscape. I think it has an interesting dynamic of having these like futuristic sounding things and like having these like magic effects basically. And also this interesting, happy 
like uh, us happy few world or we happy few sorry but i don't know how well i don't know what it does in that thing um and kind of for the same reason i think ratchet and clank ripped apart uh ratchet and clank ripped apart best audio like its audio design i imagine is phenomenal for all of the different worlds it goes to but i don't know I, all of this is to say that i think it's probably gonna go to forza or to resident evil village and and my choice for that is simple um forza has racing and it has graphics and also it needs to have sound um you aren't really going to have a like and you have the music that you're playing of course but the important part is hearing the engine rev hearing the sound of the tire squeal on the ground taking these tight turns hearing the world around you if you do have your music not playing i think is super important for a game like this where the objective is what you make of it and mm. i so the sound design has to be on point for it and then resident evil village is a horror game right and we and we know that horror's greatest asset that it can give is audio like horror's biggest thing is having really 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 good audio because i don't know about you i get really spooked when i hear things at 1 a.m mm. like if i see something like i'm like oh my god that's weird the the fact that you hear something and you don't know where it's from gives that extra little push um so those are why th those are my two i could also see it going to ratchet and clank and then i don't know i could see it going to any of these really but if I had to choose between my top two, it's probably four or five. That's 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 my final guess, which is probably out there. But that's what I'm thinking. I think it goes to Returnal. Yeah, I could see that. Right. And the main reason why is because Returnal does all of the audio cues that you just mentioned, as far as horror, mm -hmm. well, but also the way that because when when i look at it literally right the best audio design what is how do you design audio the best to me returnal had the advantage of doing some really interesting things with the dual sense it had you know it used the dual sense to vibrate at certain pitches and it made sound with the vibration in a way that I would have never even thought to use that particular part of the controller. Mm -hmm. And for me, the little things like that, that it did to just make it overall the best audio experience that you could have in the weirdest ways, to me, it edges out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, and, and I think um, I think it's really important too. It's like I just all of these games, we're getting to a point where audio design is just so, so good. Yeah. And so it's really easy to give it to pretty much any of these titles. It's splitting um, hairs. But I, I Yeah. I, I do agree with what you have to say though. I think that giving it to Returnal would probably make the most sense. Probably. Best score and music you've got cyberpunk 2077 deathloop near replicant marvel's guardians of the galaxy and the artful escape um last year final fantasy 7 remake took this raven this year 
it will go to Guardians of the Galaxy. For yes, 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 yes. Sorry, I got I got a message I had to respond to really quickly. Yeah, best score will probably end up going to Bar- uh, Guardian of the Galaxy, and not just best score, also best music, which could include licensed music. Yeah, and if you're talking about best score and music, which by the way it says for outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. First of all, the score in Guardians of the Galaxy did awesome things. I love, and this doesn't sound like a compliment, but it is a compliment. I love a score that you don't notice. Like, mm. Nia and I were watching, um, I think it was Captain America and the Winter Soldier not too long ago, and every time that the Winter Soldier shows up, it literally, like, there's just a scream in the background. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay. Or in um, the Andrew Garfield first Spider-Man, which we watched shortly after that, every time that the lizard showed up, literally there was a guy just, like, banging his hand against a piano to just like make that chilling sound. And it really got, it really got me taken out of it in a lot of ways. So for me, I love a score that I, in some ways don't notice that is just really good and adds to it. Marvel's guardians of the galaxy did that. Mm hmm. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy also had Iron Maiden, Where Eagles Dare, Call Me by Blondie, Don't Fear the Reaper, Don't Worry, Be Happy, Everyone's a Winner, Everybody Have Fun Tonight, Everybody Wing Chung Tonight, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, The Final Countdown, uh, Hanging Tough, Hit Me With Your Best Shout, Holding Out for a Hero, I Love It Loud, I Ran by Flock of Seagulls, I'll Tumble for You, Kickstart My Heart, Love Song, Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up, That Deserves It Alone, Frankie Goes to Hollywood (laughs) with Relax, Rock Rock Till You Drop by Def Leppard, Since You've Been Gone by Rainbow, Aha, Take On Me, Tainted Love, Turn Me Loose, Turn Up the Radio, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, The Warrior, We Built This City, We're Not Gonna Take It, White Wedding. Not Mm -hmm. to mention, they created... The audio, the studio formed its own band called Star Lord because part of the lore of this particular game is that the reason Peter Quill calls himself Star Lord is because he was obsessed with this metal band when he was a kid called Star Lord. And mm-hmm. they wrote and recorded a pretty good album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's winning. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Yeah, moving on. Best art direction, <laughs> Deathloop, Cana Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and The Artful Escape. Casey, I'm in level with you. The Artful Escape is real pretty. It is real pretty. Now, art direction last year went to Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. For reasons that are going to become clear over the course of the next few picks. I'm going with Psychonauts 2. Mm -hmm. 
because I think this is where you give it to Psychonauts. Yeah. I agree. Best narrative. By the way, the following three categories all went to Last of Us Part 2 last year. Yep. Best narrative goes to Deathloop, It Takes Two, Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Psychonauts 2. You know... So, I could see it going to Deathloop if it wasn't for the fact that Deathloop's really... It's... it's narrative gets really muddled by the branching paths that you can take and also the narrative is all in like codexes and stuff you have to find and read or listen to that stops you from playing the game nothing really like stuff happens while you're playing it but to get the full experience of what's happening to colt right um you have to look into it more but and so for that reason that's why i'm going to go with it takes two i think it takes two's narrative there is a simple premise. There is a couple that is just broken up or is in the process of breaking up. They're in a rocky place. Throw it to this world, and they have to work out their problems. This setting and premise gives a really, really good driving force for both players, and it gives a really a lot of room and interesting area for people to grow, mm. I think. That is fair, fair. Unfortunately, it is incorrect. Um, life is strange, true colors. Yeah. We'll, we'll be taking best narrative, I think. Yeah, and I think that's fair, too, right? I, I, I haven't especially... heard much about Life is Strange True Colors, but if it's anything like the first two, I'm sure it's a phenomenal, phenomenally written game and experience. And when you hang so much of your hat on the narrative, mm -hmm. on a, a game that, don't crucify me, you know what I mean by this. Mm-hmm. In a game that's kind of not a game in some ways, mm. you know, it's one of those things that you experience and participate in. I think it just goes to Life is Strange. I think that's its time to shine, especially considering it mm -hmm. did not get a Game of the Year nod. Mm -hmm. Now, best game direction... I remember last year you and I got into an argument about this. Because for me, best game direction, unless you have one of those life-changing games, is often just second place. Mm -hmm. And you kind of felt that that wasn't the case. But here, here is, here's the truth of it. If you look at the rest of the Game Awards, 2020, Game of the Year goes to Last of Us Part 2. Game Direction goes to Last of Us Part 2. 2019, mm -hmm. Game of the Year goes to Sekiro. Game Direction goes to Death Stranding. 2018, God of War, God of War. 2017, Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild. 2016, Overwatch, Overwatch. And 2015, well, it doesn't appear that they had 
best game direction at that time. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I say that to say in all likelihood, statistically, whatever takes game of the year is probably going to take this as well. Mm-hmm. I will, however, <clears throat> not be using the same one because mm-hmm. I prefer to look at it sort of like my game of the year that wasn't and my game of the year that wasn't for this year, although it is my personal game of the year, there's money on the line here. Uh, actually there's a house on the line. If I get more right, I, I, I get the house, but wait, what? Uh, and, and <laughs> the award, go- <laughs> uh, it's ratchet and clank. Now this was my favorite game that I played this year by a long shot. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to win game of the year this year. It is going to win best game direction. Maybe we'll see. I think it's Psychonauts 2. Very fair. I just, you know, I've heard both parties for Ratchet and Clank and Psychonauts, you know, they're longtime series fans. They're like, yeah, this game is phenomenal. It's great in every way. And I don't know what it is about Psychonauts 2. That just, that's just what my gut says. And sometimes they just gotta follow my gut feeling, right? Psychonauts 2 has been in development for however long, and it finally came out, so they've had however much time they needed to really figure out what they wanted the direction of it to be. Mm. And I think that's what's mm-hmm. important. I, they had a lot of time to brew, and they released the product. And I've heard that Psychonauts 2 is pretty good. It's not like, it's not game of the year, but I've heard it's a very, very good title. And it's worth noting as well, how how often do you know who the friggin' director of the game is by name? Mm-hmm. Like, people, even casual fans, know who Tim Schafer is. Mm-hmm. And so when you're saying best game direction and you know the name of the director... Like, it's it's no coincidence that the only time ever that it has not taken, that the same game hasn't won both awards is because Best Game Direction was won by Death Stranding because you know who Hideo Kojima is. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is a tremendous guess, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if it ends up happening. Game of the year, your nominees are It Takes Two, Deathloop, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Raven, where does it go? I want game of the year to go to Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I want that as well. I, because, and and this is just because of our differences, right? We talked about this a little bit before as a spoiler. Um, I've heard that Deathloop is okay. And that's through multiple different people talking about this game. I've heard that Deathloop is totally fine. And that's including, but not limited to you, Casey. You have said to me that Deathloop is a perfectly passable game. But everybody I've heard talk about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart has said it's really, really good. 
and so I think it deserves it, right? Deathloop, I feel like, tried to build up so much hype with constantly pumping up, like, yeah, we're going to release this. Yeah, we're going to release this. To the point where everybody got bored of it, and by the time it came out, it was fine. And I think that really hurts. But Ratchet and Clank was like, yeah, this game's coming out. Next time we heard about it, here's the gameplay. Next time we heard about it, the game was finally released, right? So that that's where I'm at. I think that is that. Now, first things first, gosh darn you mm? for putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I didn't say it was a perfectly passable game. I said I was too obsessed at the time with NBA 2K22 to really oh, get you're right. You're right. All right. I will I will take the loss on that one. And you, what you I were specifically too busy said, 2K22. I specifically said, yeah, I'm going to come back to this and then it's going to end up being one of my favorite games of all time. But with Mm. your Metacritic sitting on PS5 at an 88, five stars from EGM, five stars from VG247, 10 out of 10 IGN, 10 out of 10 GameSpot, Easy Allies gave it an 8, Destructoid gave it a 9, perfect or near perfect scores across the board easily the best reviewed game of this year it goes to death loop in a landslide death loop has a good song has a really Team good a song and a really good game and it, I, I do think it is fascinating the things that you've heard versus what the general public consensus on Deathloop is. Like, I, I don't know. I don't mean to say that in terms of like a, hmm, interesting, when in reality I'm just like trying to slight you or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it it legitimately is... I love how things change depending on the the scope in which you look. Mhm. But yeah, for me yeah, there there's there's multiple sides of each coin. There's multiple perspectives in the world. Everybody has different people that they're around and learn different things. Mhm. And it just so happens that like I'm just in a different circle that yeah. you are, right? You keep a lot more up with what industry people are saying. And I tend to just kind of not listen to what people are saying in an attempt to keep your ear to want to play the game on my own. But I'm also listening to what players are saying because that's one of the most important audiences for that's the most important audience for any game is the people who are playing it. Uh, and generally, I've heard more positive things about Ratchet and Clank or Rift Apart than I have about Deathloop. I think interestingly enough, in the couple of months that Ratchet and Clank has been out. More so, I think I've seen, even in the gamer's eyes, I've seen it, like, flattening out to mm-hmm. be in, like, yeah, it was really good. Okay. And, and that could just be not looking up anymore about it. Really, yeah. Too. I mean, yeah, you did largely leave social media. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I, I think it'll be, this is one of the most interesting game awards that I've seen in a while for me. Because really, realistically, 
we could be wrong about every single bit of it and yeah. still at the end be like, yeah, that they got everything right. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, folks, next week on the 9th is the uh, Game Awards. Please watch that. On Monday, the 13th, we will be releasing our reactions to not only what won what, which will be a, a pretty small portion of the show considering we've talked about this ad nauseum, but also the announcements. We're going to be breaking everything down. And then we will see you the next time after that on the 31st as we look into next year. Raven, thank you for joining me. Please thank go eat like a Nutri-Grain bar or something. I've Emily made dinner and I've been spelling it for about 25 minutes. Please, I'm for the love of God, just go eat dinner. Folks, for Raven Stab Miller, my name is Casey Johnson. I'm not going to ask him where you can find us because it's been an hour and 48 minutes. You know where to find us. Go out and brighten someone's day. Bye.